How cold is it where you are, Maggie? <laughs> it's pretty cold. Um, it's it's a little bit warmer now. The other day it was like thirty. Yeah, we we but, might get some snow coming up on Sunday. Exactly. Actually, I, know. I heard ninety percent chance. So that's pretty that's exciting. so exciting. That means schools are going to shut down. That's a Georgia thing. We don't know how to drive in snow. <laughs> no, it's crazy. I mean, people start shopping for you know all their groceries and water and bread, and you know nothing's on the shelves. And people just randomly start driving off the road when they when they start to see snowflakes in the air. It's crazy. Coming from Chicago, that's a, that was an odd adjustment. But then you realize, well, people here aren't used to it. And also, they don't have like ice trucks and snow trucks. Yeah, the cars aren't equipped it's, for it. Okay. We just basically take life and, you know, we, we stopped doing school for, for a while. That did always surprise me that like Georgia cars are, and like Southern cars in general, I feel like for the most part, are completely unequipped for the snow. Yet we do get snow practically every year. <laughs> like... Well, it's not, it's not the cars that are unequipped. I mean, cars are about the same, but they have salt trucks in Chicago or snow plows. Oh, and they ice yeah. The roads and, yeah, so, so things don't ice over. Remember the gotcha. snowpocalypse where like for a week we were snowed in and all the roads were icy. People couldn't get home. Our pool iced over and we could literally slide on it and skate on it. It was crazy. We have pictures. We have pictures like standing on it. I remember we cut a little circle and had a chair out there and pretended we were fishing. That was yes. fun. That was before the internet, really. Like we weren't posting those pictures. That was <laughs> just for our own Not before the amusement. internet. No. That was before- <laughs> <laughs> okay, not before the internet. It was before you and I were like It was before we started internet. posting on TikTok, yes. <laughs> okay, definitely that. <laughs> All right. But it was definitely before we started a podcast too. That's true. So speaking of starting a podcast, let's start this one. Let's start it. Yep. Roll the intro music. Mags and dads, wholesome chaos. Mags and dads, wholesome chaos. All right. You can, you can jump into the question, the topic I know you want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you, Maggie? I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yes. Yep. In a hotel room. Yep. We, we had to jump through a couple of hoops to get this podcast for you this week, oh, ladies and gentlemen. My goodness. Yes. So I told you before this, I didn't tell you the story, but I told you I had a story about going and getting all this equipment. You had ordered it at a Best Buy relatively near where I am. And I have a rental car. So I went and I got it, but I pulled up and fun fact, I do not like driving cars that are not my own. And the only thing I don't like more than that is driving cars that are not my own in a city that I don't know. <laughs> That's so true. driving here, I get a little stressed. Thankfully, it's like Charlotte does remind me a lot of like where I grew up in Georgia, just because they are pretty similar. Like the trees are similar and just like everything. It's it's not like LA, which is completely different. Um, and so driving is a little bit easier in that regard, but I was already a little stressed about driving here. I pulled in, I found a parking spot. I'm not the biggest fan of parking. I'm getting better at these things, but just, I tend to get a little bit nervous about it. And I walk up to the Best Buy door and I open it and it's locked. So I go to this, the door right next to it and I try and open it and it's locked. And I do this thing that I get really upset at myself that I do this, but when I don't 
like when I freak out in situations where things don't go exactly as I think they would and I'm in public, I like completely jump ship to make it look like I'm doing something else. And so I was embarrassed. Like, that abort, these doors like you abort the whole plan and go in a different direction completely? Yeah. So it was like doors locked. What do I do? Number one, nobody was around me either. I was just freaking out. And so I looked to my left and I saw a kava, which is a store. And my brain just immediately went, you're getting kava to make it look like you're doing something. So I walked into kava. I ordered myself a bowl. I bought the kava. I went and put it in my car and then was like, okay, I can't leave without getting the equipment. So all I had to do was walk around to the other side of the store and the doors were open. But yeah, I I stress ordered kava because I didn't know what to do because the door was locked. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. I know that I look so lost in public sometimes, like really, really lost because I'll just stand places when I don't know what to do and like grab my phone and like start stress scrolling through TikTok. But that's something I'm working on, (laughs) looking less lost in life and being less lost in life. (laughs) Our friend Janice Danfield has a song called I'm Not Lost, I'm Just Exploring. And mm-hmm. I feel that way when I'm traveling. I, I kind of dig renting cars and exploring new cities. And um, it's a lot easier with phones than it used to be, you know, without a GPS system. But um, anyway, I'm glad you're having fun and learning those lessons. <laughs> so why fun, are you in fun. Charlotte, Maggie? I, you know why I'm in Charlotte. I feel so weird talking about this. I don't know why, but I'm here on set filming a movie um, it just got announced. I know we talked a little bit about it last week that it wasn't announced, so we couldn't talk a lot about it. And my dad kept trying to spoil things. Um, but no, <laughs> it's it's a movie. It's a rom-com called The Other Zoe. Um, and I'm really excited. I'm excited for it to come out. I'm excited to see it. It's been such a fun process. Everyone's so nice, like truly. Yeah, we can talk about a little bit who's in it, but we're not going to get deep into that because it's just too soon and it's still it in makes progress me and all that kind of stuff. I know I, I'm, I know I make you nervous, but I did want to point out in one of our first, if not the first push in the pool video, one of the questions that you asked me was, which TV series am I binge watching right now? And I knew the answer, which was The Outer Banks. And I just want to point out, you're in a movie with Drew Starkey. And, yeah. And um, yeah, that's pretty, yeah. pretty cool. Full circle. Yeah, no, no, it's really cool. And he's awesome. And not only incredible at what he does, but also just a really nice person. Um, that push in the pool video was a long time ago, though. That was like over a year ago. That was season one. That's wild. Definitely. <laughs> yes, almost two years. I'd say two years. Yeah, you're right. Because that was like 2020 quarantine. Can you mention a couple of the other people who were in the movie just out of, you know, for those who are curious? I feel so weird talking about it. I shouldn't, but I do. Um, Josephine Langford. Um, Amalia Yu. Um, look it up. Look it up on IMDb. I feel weird. <laughs> Andy McDowell, Heather Graham, which like people from my generation, and yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 really really exciting. You're kind of between shooting days, and you've got one day left, I think, tomorrow, mm-hmm. and so you're just hanging out. I'm Charlotte, so excited cool. to be back in LA. Like I'm having so much fun. It's here. been a long time. It's been a month. Oh, incredible. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited to get back. This sounds weird, but I'm excited to get back to my place and clean. Like I want to clean everything. I want to do laundry. I want to hang everything up so it looks all nice. I want to redecorate. Like I'm just I'm getting 
the urge to be home and just be in my place. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited for that. And I'm excited to see my friends as well. It's been a long time. We're going to go to Joshua Tree. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. I, I, uh, I've heard about it. I've never been there. Yeah. No, my friends and I have been talking about going to Joshua Tree for so long. And so I've been talking to them over the past few days because I've been here. Um, and so I was just like FaceTiming, catching up, hearing about their lives. And I was like, hey, you know how we always talk about how we want to go to Joshua Tree? Let's just do it <laughs> next week. Let's like actually do it. And so I'm really, really excited for that. Well, I can't wait to see more of that on TikTok and such. So, um, hey, just to kind of complete the picture for those of you listening. So Magazine Charlotte, we're in our studio. And also, we actually have Shay and Eddie by popular request also on the podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see that they are on camera as well, switching cameras between us. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they uh they worked this morning to get everything all set and ready to go. So let's uh let's launch right into this, Mags. So um we've got some great questions this week and some other stories of, of things that we can we can share and we can do. Um in fact, one person in particular reached out and she was like really connected to you when you were saying like you're looking for your person and said that you know she could relate to that. Uh, so how are you doing that? Like, how are you looking for a person? Like, are you, one of the things that came to mind was your like dating apps. Have you done any dating apps? Um, not recently. I've never been the biggest fan of dating apps. I remember there's a funny thing to talk about with my dad, but the, a few days before I turned 18, I was on a trip with some friends and you have to be 18 to join dating apps. Um, but you can also lie. I don't recommend it, but I was no, like, that never happened. I was like, I turn 18 and like, it was like two days or something. And so I was like, I wasn't planning on meeting up with anyone or like really instigating any conversations, but I was like, you know what? All my friends were on it because they were 18. And so I was like, I feel left out. I'm just going to make an account. And that is when I realized how important personality is because I was not feeling any sparks for anyone because I have to like talk to someone and get to know them. You know what I mean? Like it really goes to show how important personality is. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I've also been on like other, I told you, um, like I did an ad for Bumble, but um, I was more on the campaign for like the friendship side of it where like if you move to a new place or like go to start college somewhere and like you want to meet people around you, you can do like friend stuff that way. And I thought that was really cool. Um, but no, I remember that we shot that. You shot that commercial at Bellows place in Orlando, if I'm not mistaken. Am I, is that wrong? Am I misremembering that? I think you are. Um, I think that was something else okay. actually, <laughs> but that's okay. Okay. Never mind. Actually, no, no, I think you are wrong, but that's okay. Everyone makes mistakes. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I think it's, I think it's funny you ask you asked that question because we're a few weeks into the new year now. And as you know, one of my goals was to kind of start dating this year and to start like opening up romantic possibilities. And I haven't really done anything to further that goal because I don't like I don't know, I don't talk to people. <laughs> And I feel like that's important, <laughs> but yeah. Have you done any dating well, apps? Just don't like, oh, wait. 
No. Just don't get nervous in public and like, you know how you talk about stress ordering food? <laughs> don't just stress start dating people as okay. a reflex because you're nervous about it. Okay. Gotcha. I, I get a lot of requests for, for people who want to date you on my comments and such, but I don't think that's probably the list you want to work with. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe, you know, who knows? Who knows? Um, But I don't know. I, I imagine s- there'll be someone. Yeah, it's tricky. Don't force it. It'll happen when you least expect it. So just enjoy your youth. Enjoy being 19. Although you just told me before we started the podcast, you're looking forward to 21 already. (laughs) And I'm not sure why that is exactly. I am. I'll be 21 in five months in a year, a year and five months. Um, And I'm just excited to like go to bars, not even to like necessarily drink, but just like to be allowed to be in a bar. You know what I mean? Like to sit at a bar and then not be like, sorry, you can't eat here. Um, cause that hurts my feelings, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm excited for that. Yeah. And you could gamble. Eddie, Eddie and I are going to be going to a casino next Friday. Um, we're going to a casino in Oregon where I have a speech and he's going to road trip with me and, um, but you think you'd be into that gambling at all? Well, do you remember when we went to Vegas last summer and I mm-hmm. found out at the casino that you couldn't gamble at 18 and nobody yes. had told me that because certain places you can, like in the Bahamas, you can gamble at 18. Um, but yeah, so yes, I I think that is something I want to try. However, in a very specific context. Like I gotta be with people. I got like I I don't want to walk into a casino by myself because, you know, I stress ordered food. I don't my, like stress bid a hundred dollars just to like get out of a conversation. No, exactly, and that's not you, good. You need someone to watch you. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll you'll probably you be there man. when I gamble. Um, but yeah, cool. no, no, That'll I am. Um, I want to be smart about it though. Like have a set amount of money. Um, I don't really feel like I need to do it to like win money or anything. I kind of just want to do it for the experience. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, um, there's a question here when you're really stressed and anxious, what activities or healthy coping mechanisms do you do to free your mind and live a lighter life? I think that's a great way to put it. Live a lighter life. This is from Parker who also says your whole family are very inspiring and everything you do makes me want to live a better life and spread love to everyone I know. Isn't that awesome to say something like that? You guys have made such a huge impact on so many lives, including mine. And I'm so grateful for everything you do. So thank you. Keep up the great work. And I'd love to see Eddie and Shay more often. So Parker, today's your day. (laughs) Eddie and Shay are on the podcast. And so instead of like stress ordering food or gambling, like Mm -hmm. what are some of the things you could do to live a lighter life and to get rid of stress? Any suggestions? Uh, We've got we got the family. Mom and Eddie are there, and it looks like Mom's going to jump in a little bit. Well, actually, it was pretty funny because when you guys were saying that, Eddie and I were like pantomiming, drinking, smoking, <laughs> eating. <laughs> <laughs> so healthy. That's it. You're fired from the podcast. Oh Read the but title, guys. Talk, Read the, the title. <laughs> we're having so much fun over here, having our own little um, private little uh, podcast. <laughs> podcast behind the podcast. Mm. Yeah, there you go. So healthy things, uh, coping, 
I, and I think I said this on the family one, I, I have to be productive. So if I'm stressed out or unhappy or frustrated, whatever, I will go clean. I will go build something. I will, you know, replace the garbage disposal so that by the time I'm done with whatever that activity is, I actually have accomplished something. So not only do I feel better that I'm not focused on whatever upset me before, but I actually have made something positive happen in the process. Yeah, we go through a lot of garbage disposals, not because we need them, but just because mom feels a little stressed out. Like she wants to like, like get into that. <laughs> so Eddie, do you, what do you do when you're stressed out? I think for me, like a big thing is just creative stuff or like, you know, kind of taking some time away and either like playing drums, which I just kind of do for fun. I don't, you know, I, I don't really care how good I get. I just do it for fun or like writing music or playing music. Um, just something that where it feels like it's a creative outlet, I guess. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And of course for me, as we mentioned on the family podcast, it's a lot of physical stuff. Uh, and Parker, one of the things I would suggest, this sounds really like a default. Oh, he would say this to anyone, but it's so true. Learn to juggle. And here's why. Not only is it a physical thing, it's a fun challenge, but it's super great for your brain. Um, it's a lot of people find it very meditative and relaxing. You're using both sides of your body. It's visual, it's spatial, it's kind of mathematical in a, in a number of ways. And it, it's the kind of thing like when you're immersed in that, it takes your mind off other things because you really have to focus. So that's what works for me. That's what I teach. And a lot of people have found really great benefit with that. You know, not because they're going to be professional jugglers or even really try to get amazingly good, but just, um, to focus a little bit. So maybe that'll help. Yeah. For me, I, I like to do a lot. I like to be productive. Kind of like my mom said, um, like no matter what you're stressing about, if you can just kind of check things off a list that you could do and like cleaning is one of those things, which I think is so funny. Cause I know as a child and as even like a high schooler, I did not clean a ton. Like I didn't, I, I would like do my chores and whatever, but I was never like, I'm stressed. I'm going to go clean. But now that like I have a place of my own, I do find that cleaning like kind of calms me down. Um, perspective, thinking about perspective. And that's something I've learned recently of like when I'm in the moment of something that's really, really stressful to me, but I know I need to get through it. And I've said this before, but thinking through the fact that in 24 hours or in like 48 hours, all of it's going to be over. And you're like, you're going to, be fine. Like you're going to get through it. It may. And so like kind of taking the piece of the moment when it's done and just kind of like seeing the connection to it and being like, no, that's, that's coming. Like no matter what I do, time's going to keep passing and I'm going to get to it. So like deep breaths, it's going to happen. If that makes sense, that helps me a lot. Um, um, reading prayer, anything that's going to like, just kind of bring peace to me and stuff like that, I find super duper helpful. And yeah. That's awesome, Maggie. Well, I, um, I also really appreciate what you said, Parker, about the influence that we had on your life and on others, um, which is just a mind-blowing thing to think about. And I've been thinking and writing a lot about influence. It's going to be in my next um, weekly coaching video, which I, I do on YouTube and elsewhere. Um, but th- you know what I've been thinking about is you don't need a huge platform to be a an influencer, a person of influence. All you need to be a person of influence is a life and you have a life and you don't necessarily realize this, 
But every day when you're interacting with the people in your world, in your family, your, your school or job, or just kind of like strangers in the street, the way that you conduct yourself, the words that you use, the impact that you share um, really makes a difference. And you're either always going to add something to the situation or detract from it. And people who just try to like kind of go along and just not just kind of stay small and quiet are maybe missing the opportunity to contribute an example or even just to tell someone, hey, how are you today? I see, you know, basically I recognize you, I see you and lift someone else up a little bit. Um, but what I truly believe is like the words that you use, the way that you acknowledge others and the, the way you choose to live your life, the way you choose to live by your standards really sets you apart. Um, and, and what you may find is that when you least expect it, somebody's going to come up to you and say, you know, the way you handled that or what you said that one time um, really made me think differently and change the way that I do things or the way that I live. Um, yeah. Because we all have that power. You absolutely have that power to influence others around you. I saw a TikTok the other day that did exactly that. It like really switched something in my mind of like how I viewed something. And what it said was, Contrary to popular belief, you don't have to be good at your hobbies. You can actually just do something that you enjoy. Like, and I loved that because that's yeah. like, that's so true. Like, you don't have to be a pro skier to say, man, I really enjoy skiing. You know what I mean? And I just thought that I was do. really cool. And I think that's an example of of your input can help others and just like change the way they view things. And like, that's going to affect me positively in my life. And like, I'm grateful for that understanding and perspective shift. Yeah. I yeah. need to hear that too, because sometimes I get caught thinking, well, if I can't do that amazingly well, then mm -hmm. why even bother? Because I, there's others who are at that level. Like what could I possibly contribute to this thing? Yeah, Whether it's music or sports or whatever. Um, well, you don't have to be the leading contributor. You're just part yeah. of the, you enjoy it. You love it, right? And I think yeah. that that statement is something that pretty much everyone would be like, yeah, no, that makes sense. But for some reason, I just hadn't thought about it like that. And hearing it was very like comforting to me. But yeah, yeah, I think you and I both share the fact that we tend to be a little bit of perfectionists and we're like, well, if I can't do it incredible, I'm not going to do it at all. And it's like, well, no, don't miss out on things that you might enjoy just because you're not the best at it. Like work hard, but also give yourself a break. <laughs> <laughs> give yourself a break. And um, how about this question? Did you guys ever get into fights with your siblings? Me and my sister are fighting like every day now. And I want to know if you experienced the same thing. This is from Myla. Um, and so I figured since Eddie and Maggie were both on this podcast, we could get your perspectives and it caused me to think about growing up with my sisters too. Cause like I, I totally was, was getting into like physical confrontations, not like, like punching each other or anything, but just wrestling to the point of like, you know, chasing each other around the house. And uh, I remember, my, you know, my sister holding me down or I'm, you know, like really kind of crazy stuff that was just part yeah. of working through it. And I think that's, you know, your siblings are the people you grow up with where you learn to manage all your emotions and experiences and reactions to life. And so maybe it's just, you know, you have to get a lot of that stuff out of there. Yeah. How about, how about you kick that off, Eddie? Okay, then. 
Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it was kind of the same thing a lot of the time when we were younger, just growing up. Like, we'd always just take each other off. I feel like, I don't know, yeah. it was like one day we'd get along or like for most of the day and then all of a sudden it would flip and then we'd just fight or it, it was like all very silly. But I feel like we both kind of realized that I don't know. We I don't know why we did it. I think it's just because we were yeah. young and silly. <laughs> and it was kind of like once we grew, like as we got older, I feel like we started doing it less. And then by the time I like went to college, I remember like coming back and it was like we were just totally done with that. It was like, all right, we're not, I yeah. don't know. Cause it, we knew it was kind of like childish and we were just, we weren't really doing it for any particular reason. So. Yeah. yeah. I think we have a pretty, not significant, but like a substantial age difference, like three and a half to sometimes yeah. four years. Um, and so it made sense that like when I was going through my like annoying middle school years and you were in high school, it made sense that we didn't get along. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like just we're, it was very easy for us to annoy each other. Um, but yeah, no, I completely agree that like once we grew up, it was very much. And I think that time apart too, like when you went to college and then came back, it was very much like, okay, mm-hmm. we're both adults now. Um, yeah. And it's like this person matters a lot to me. So I feel like I'm going to stop trying to, you know, poke them in the side all the time. It's like, yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, and yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we don't get in fights all the time. <laughs> now. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so kids, the moral of the story and the bottom line is just work it out. And, and maybe back to the influence piece, recognize that you have an opportunity in that confrontation to change it, to be the one to say, all right, enough of this already. I'm going to know you for a long time in my life. So regardless of whether you tick me off or not, I can, uh, I can behave a little bit differently and, and, um, and definitely help you. I'd like yeah. to uh, chime in on that as well. Um, I, something I told Maggie when she was little, and it was a lot of the problem was their personalities were different. Maggie was like Dan, high energy, high energy. She sang, she danced, she bounced off the wall. She was just da 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 da. And Sing Eddie very was loudly. Like, yeah. <laughs> Singing constantly. And it drove him crazy. And so, like Dan, when he was little, doing flips, jumping, standing on chairs, and his sisters would be like, Mom, he's doing that again. And his mom was like, Well, just just ignore it. Right. Sure. But <laughs> And so it was the same thing. And he was like, mom, she's singing. I'm like, Eddie, she doesn't know she's singing. Yeah. It just comes from her. It's just the way she is. And he would, you know, I don't think he appreciated it, but he, he would recognize that. But it's so, and, and I also told then to Maggie, I said, Maggie, if you're really sweet to your brother, you know, or no, I said to Eddie, Eddie, if you're really sweet to your sister, she worships you. And he was, so he'd like, okay. And so he would say something, just something small, just acknowledging. And Maggie would be like, have my allowance. Can I get you some food? Can I (laughs) do everything for you? And so learning what it is your sibling that helps helps that um, relationship. Why, you know, when are you nicer to each other? And if you can figure out those little triggers to trigger the positive relationship, 
that worked like a charm 100% of the time, but then he'd get annoyed again and forget. And But whenever he would flip it and say something nice or just treat her nice, it, it was magic. That's great. It's also a question of like when you're resourceful. So it's easy to like be the bigger person or to say the right thing or to suppress your anger or, you know, when you're, when you're in a good place and you're not yourself, like tired, exhausted, frustrated, whatever. So, you know, we spend so much time together as family members that we're going to see the best of each other and we're going to see the worst of each other. We just have to keep the long, long-term picture and get through it. I was just going to say, I think something that kind of shifted my perspective a good bit when I was younger was, it might have been either you or mom who told me this or someone else, but just the statement and the understanding that your siblings most of the time are going to be your longest relationship in life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's true. We should be friends. (laughs) (laughs) Precisely. uh, but I would yeah. do the same thing. My, my sisters did not understand how I was wired. So I would get up in the middle of dinner and do cartwheels around the kitchen and, you know, sing and dance. And just, I couldn't hold myself still. But, um, you know, they, they ultimately put up with it. And we've got a great relationship now. It, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's really special. Yeah. You want to know something that not surprised me, but I guess surprised me a little bit was the response to my announcement on the cast list. Why is that? Because people can be so mean. And a lot of people just love to form judgmental opinions before they before they know all the information. And just all these different things and things I've seen with people who are predominantly known on social media and who try and do other things. A lot of the times the response is, you're underqualified you can't do this. And a lot of the times they don't know all the facts, um, which is one reason I know you know this, where I've, I've tried to be a little more vocal about the fact that I have been acting professionally since I was a child. <laughs> um, yes. because a lot of the times when people don't know all the information, they jump to conclusions like, Oh, they didn't work for this or anything like that, which isn't true. You know, I, you know, I've been putting in a lot of work and everything like that, but I was preparing myself for some backlash just because I've seen that as a consistent trend. Um, and I told you, I, I didn't find one negative comment. And I was literally looking at those comment sections and like my eyes were getting misty where people like complete strangers who only know me through social media were like, they were like, I literally saw this and started crying. I'm so happy for you. Like, like such genuine joy. And I just, I don't know what I've done to deserve that, but I'm so incredibly grateful. And like, it was, it was better than I could have hoped for. It made me so, so happy. And I'm just like, you've put out so much joy, right? And so you always get back what you give. And so that's, I think the reciprocity at work and that you're seeing other people respond to you with, um, with a lot of admiration, but you're right. I mean, even you would expect there to be some detractors in there who just, don't know you completely or don't know the full story, but um, yeah. I think in, and when that happens, your fans and followers typically will police that for you and be like, yeah. leave her alone. You don't understand <laughs> uh, you know, this is a, uh, uh, so that's pretty cool. You know, we saw a documentary that, that was recommended to us by Steve Spangler. Mm-hmm. Mom and I were at speakers round table in Phoenix last weekend, which is like a mastermind group of 
professional speakers at a very high level who get together and, and Steve Spangler, who's our good buddy, also a TikToker, TikToker and on Ellen DeGeneres' show quite often, uh, science guy, amazing guy. He recommended the, the documentary called Fake Famous. Have you heard of this? Um, mom told me about it and I started watching it the other day. I didn't finish it though. Yes. So the premise is they, they pick three people who don't have huge Instagram followings, but they try to get them to, uh, fame, fame and to like a hundred thousand plus Instagram followers or even way more than that. Uh, but it's all fabricated because you can buy fans, you can buy followers, you can buy comments and, and basically they wanted to see how it would change the, these people's lives, how it would change their opportunities. Um, and it was really, really fascinating to see um, that this whole concept of influence or fame is just so seductive. Um, but again, like, like we went back to earlier, influence is something that you have every day. Use the influence that you have and understand the power of that. Um, and the other thing I thought about when watching this documentary, Maggie, was well, we haven't done that. We haven't bought any bots. We haven't bought any followers. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's, so when you grow organically and you just are, are genuine, I mean, maybe there's, you, you never know who the other people are on the end of likes and comments and whatnot. But, um, yeah. you know, you, you can't look at it as a numbers game so much as an integrity game, I think. Yeah. No, for sure. And I wasn't even aware that that happened to the extent it does, I guess. Um, it's got to get expensive. <laughs> it's um, not so bad. They were, they were saying on Instagram, they bought 7,500 followers or like 120 bucks. And he kept doing it over and over and over again. Um, so yeah. See, but then it Crazy. comes down to engagement. Well, that's, then you have to something... buy the engagement. So you have to buy buy your your engagement to time the the purchase with the um you know with the post so that it all click, kicks kicks in right away. Other otherwise you've got dead air. Um and and you know what those bots are. So what? so basically they're they're computer algorithms that yeah. are generated um and live on a server somewhere and they they steal pictures off of random people's profiles and build these like other mm -hmm. identities. Um, and as artificial intelligence gets better and better, like those bots are going to get better and better at interacting with people to where we don't even necessarily know if we're talking to people or to computers. That's scary. Moral of the story, be an honest person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm getting yeah. from this. And, and that way you've always got that. Like even if other things don't work out in your life the way you hope them to, yeah. you've always got the fact that, hey man, my integrity's intact. Yeah. There's so many aspects of life you can't control. I, and that's, that's so valuable. Yeah. So I think you have one more question for us. Yeah. This one is, is good. This is, um, this is for Dan. So <laughs> you tell us more adventures from Chicago. When you talked about ditching school, I know exactly what you were talking about. I really enjoyed it. Any other adventures or stuff you've done while living in Chicago? I'm not sure if this person says they enjoyed ditching school or they enjoyed my story about ditching school, but we're going to go with the, the latter there. Have you ever thought about coming back to Chicago? Also, if you follow baseball, how did you feel when the Cubs won the World Series in 2016? Well, and that's from uh, Natty, N-A-T-I. So Natty, thank you for that. Um, 
I, I only ditched school that once. I was never very good at it because I'm an honest person and I had a hard time lying. Same as Maggie. She can't, she yeah. can't lie at all. <laughs> right? <laughs> what? <laughs> but I love Chicago. I grew up there for the first 15 years of my life. So I was born there. Uh, I lived on the southwest side of town in a little Polish neighborhood. My schools were like within walking distance. And it was, it was a really cool community to grow up in. There was an alley behind our house, which was like one of the only places that we could play. Um, so we would throw Frisbees and play games. I mean, everything would end up in other people's yards and we'd get in trouble having to hop the fences to go get our toys back. There was this one little like abandoned lot at the end of the block that had weeds and was a little overgrown. And we called that the prairie because uh, to us, it was like the wild west of adventure, but it was just this like little, little lot. It was actually not even an abandoned lot. It was like a, like the bushy weeds behind a um, carpet store. And that was our prairie. So we had great imagination as yeah. kids. My, my greatest <laughs> memories were probably like driving my BMX bike because that was my freedom. Once I got my BMX bike, which I bought with my paper money, I would go all over the, you know, the area and even down to the railroad tracks and watch trains go by and all kinds of cool stuff like that. Jump ramps. I got some, I still have scars from jumping ramps on my BMX bike. Um, so all that was great. But as far as the Cubs go, I was always a White Sox guy because I was on the Southwest side and that was like our team and in Chicago, like, like New York has, has two teams. And so there's this rivalry, which I never really understood between like the North side and the South side. So I was a White Sox fan and still am. Yes. <laughs> I also can cheer for the Cubs. Like I was really excited for them. Um, the most vividly like memorable Cubs game for me was when I was about, 14, my grandpa, my grandpa, which was really, he was the one who got me to skip school the most because I, he would, he would invite me to go golfing with him and my uncle Edwin. And we would go, it was like the magical, that was like the most magical day is when we could go golfing and skip school with my parents' permission. So it wasn't officially skipping school. It was just kind of like a bonus day, a day off. Yeah. Um, but grandpa took me and um, this other Kid, young man my age to a uh, Chicago Cubs game and we were so excited and we were sitting on like the first base side and he he bought us some some food like some you know pretzels and then also these big cokes so we had like a this was back before like there was regular you know 32 ounce cokes these were but these were huge these were giant like 32 ounces and we both had him and he said you got to make this last the whole game and so the very mm -hmm. first inning we were, we were sitting in our seats and I was like, I'm totally going to make this last. I took a couple sips, put it under my seat just to keep it safe so I wouldn't kick it over. And there was a play in the first inning where the baseball was hit right by us over the first fielder's head into right field and a double. Mm -hmm. was a, a, the player got a double, got second base. I stood up to cheer like everybody else. I was like, oh, this is amazing. I went to sit down. And what I didn't realize is those seats had like a spring oh. attachment. And so when I stood up to cheer, the seat went up like this. But I went to sit down. I like literally did a free fall into my 32-ounce Coke, <laughs> which exploded over me, 
over Tim, my friend, <laughs> over my grandfather, and over everybody in our little section. Oh, like there was no. this, there was this little pond of Coke that just kind of eased by, eased out, and that's that's why it was so memorable for me. Oh, that How's is that? tough. Oh, yeah, well, man, it makes for a good story. Many years later, did the Cubs win? Did the Cubs win? Do you remember? I, I don't. I think they did. I'm pretty we'll sure they, they did. did. <laughs> yeah, we'll say they did. Root, root, root That's for the wild. home team. Did you get another Coke after that? No, I never oh. got another Coke. And you never got to skip school again with Grandpa. Yeah, and, and I never went back to a Cubs game. That was it. Oh. They, they cut me off completely. And, <laughs> and that is why he's a White Sox fan, actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, when you were telling that story, when you were talking about the prairie area, that reminded me um, of when Eddie and I were younger playing on like the abandoned, that like abandoned house area. Uh, and I remember Eddie, I'm sure you have maybe even more memories of this cause you were older, but you and me, and sometimes some of your friends, I remember Jordan was there. Sometimes we would go and we would play like airsoft um, where we would like shoot each other. Um, but then take into account, like if I, if you were, 16 i was 12 so so there's that factor of it as well and i wanted to ask you this because i'm sure you knew but did you know that i sometimes shot myself to get out so you guys couldn't shoot me anymore did you know that i not <laughs> literally had so no then, idea no, oh, did, did you actually shoot be... yourself or did you just say like yeah. i got hit no no i would shoot myself <laughs> <laughs> you just lied, Maggie. <laughs> you just said, "Oh, I, I tagged. I got tagged." Is that like paintball now, where like you can see the? No, no. But back, back to the my my first point. Maggie can't lie. Yeah, there you go. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm shot. I'm out. Do you remember oh, this? Was, I got shot by me. I remember this other one time that we were like heading over to play and it was just me and you. And I was like, I don't remember how badly these hurt. And so I put it up to my leg and shot it. And then it, it hurt really bad. But then also like my jeans or whatever, it started to look like wet in that area. And we thought I was bleeding at first. It was really funny. Hilarious. <laughs> Yeah. Growing up with an older brother, things. Um, no, that was yeah. fun though. That was, and I think it's really it cool that fun. now over over that property that we used to play on, um, there's like a multi million dollar house there now. And when yeah, we drive we by, we can say, no, we can't go back now. But we we know in our hearts that before they lived on a multi million dollar property, we used to shoot each other there. So yep. we'll always and have they that. Probably had to clean up a lot of airsoft BBs. They probably <laughs> did, yeah. Tammy you remember Tammy son? Yeah. That was just yeah. the trees that your dad planted grew up so big and fat. And then Eddie named it Tammy son. And that was y'all's little. After uh, Terabithia. Right. Really? I didn't know that. that yeah. I think the sign is still in there. Grandma painted that sign, Tammy son, and you guys put it in there. I remember yeah. at one point, once Maggie kind of took over, it was, it was Eddie's place at first. And then. I'm probably far away from this. And then when Maggie took it over, um, 
You brought like lawn chairs in there. I think yeah, there no, was. There's, Mom, there's still stuff in there. There's still, you can kind of still see our rooms. We should go there when I get back. We should go hang out, put in some carpets, some fairy <laughs> yeah. lights. Um, we so can make it really TV. nice now. <laughs> we can stream in there. Podcast from Tammy Song. <laughs> oh my gosh. I do, I do want to put out there super quick. When we played Airsoft, Mom, you bought us the biodegradable Airsoft thingies. So we, we were looking out for the environment a little bit there. Just throwing that in there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, that's fun. That's the cool thing about being a kid with an imagination is everything's so cool. My imagination was a closet that was <laughs> like literally in our basement at the end of our basement, there was a closet that was kind of a little bit big, you know, bigger, wider, and it had pegboard. You know what pegboard is? Like you basically, it's like Mm-mm. a sheet of uh, masonite with holes in it. And you put in hooks and things like that for hanging tools on the yeah, pegboard. And so uh, one of the whole walls was pegboard, which was exactly the same size as Tinker Toys. Did you guys ever have Tinker Toys? Yes. Yeah. So what I would do mm-hmm. is I would put these Tinker Toys, uh, build these knobs and dials, and I would create like a spaceship machine. And I would like go deep into my imagination in there for a period of time. That was also where I built my first drum set, which was boxes and buckets and I knew you were supposed to do something with your left foot. Like I'd seen that there was a high, but I wasn't sure like what that was. And so I tied a string to my foot and on the other, and then I looped it over one of the rafters. And on the other end, I put a bunch of like, like washers and, and screws. So it was really heavy and then a piece of metal. So I would lift my foot up and it would drop it down and it would like bang on the metal. So that's that was really my first innovative. idea of I had. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Very cool. So, so thank you, uh, Natty, for, for letting us revisit our memories and go back to our childhood a little bit. Hope you all enjoyed that. Um, hey, share me- your memories with us. Share your impressions and your questions with us as well. Go to wholesomechaos.com. You can ask questions. You can um, tell us about yourself and we can build this connection even more. Yeah. Follow us on our other socials if you want. It's Maggie Thurman and Dan Thurman on everything except TikTok. My dad is Maggie's dad, one, two, three. Um, Eddie is Eddie underscore Thurman on Twitch. All right. (laughs) Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, We hope to see you guys back here. Hey, Maggie. What? I was going to say, I want you to finish strong. Have a great time tomorrow on set. Uh, Just just knock it out of the park. Go big. Live your dream. And you're going to be amazing. I love you so much. Thank you. I love you too. And we love you, everyone. Have a great week and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye. Max and Dads, wholesome chaos. Max and Dads, wholesome chaos. Yeah, I really like these buttons. I just want to keep pushing them. <laughs>